I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. Yes, you got it. Yes, although the kids keep being like, Colonel Sanders. And I'm like, oh, man, I didn't even think of that. Sarah Colonel Sanders. I was so worried about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I forgot about the most obvious Colonel Sanders. You're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions. Popping bottles. And pop culture. This week on Pop It, we're discussing the winners and losers of the Emmys, a mysterious social media personality in our midst, Country Club Living, and the March of Dimes 2019 Signature Chef's Auction, which is set to take place this Thursday, September 26th at Mechanics Hall. Yes. So let's start with the Emmys. The Emmys were this past Sunday night, September whatever, 22nd? (laughs) Jake's birthday. Jasper's birthday was the 20th. That was Friday, right? Yes. Happy birthday, Jasper. Yeah, we went to Churro. It was lovely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it was Sunday the 22nd. My mom and I watch all the award shows, sometimes with other family as well, and we get really into it, and we watch like six hours of it, including the red carpet. It was a good one this year, actually. The Emmys are usually a little bit better than some of the other award shows only because they generally – award more of the right things. Does that make sense? You mean like less niche categories? Not even that. I think that like the quality of television or like critical darlings and viewership darlings are like there's more crossover in television right now because TV is so good. So like it tends to be, yeah, like niche just by like default almost because people aren't like this is stupid. What are you talking about? I know there's a lot of strife right now, too, between writers and agents. Yes. But I also would imagine that writers and television have so much more flexibility at the moment than film writing, which is probably why the caliber of television writing right now, especially for streaming services, is so much higher. Yeah, people are putting a lot of money into stuff. Like Ted Sarandos from Netflix, um, the team at FX, HBO has always been like that. But like people are just like pouring money into good ideas. And it is paying off. This Mm -hmm. year, I believe, I looked at, I saw a bar graph that was just like the winners by networks. And I think it was like HBO always comes out on top. They always have a billion. The top were just like HBO, Netflix, Amazon. I think that the only, I think ABC had like a few wins, but the networks just aren't there anymore because they're not branching out and they're not making the commitments to the the thinkers, I should say. Yeah. Shonda Rhimes. Even Shonda left for Netflix. Like, she left mm-hmm. ABC. She doesn't have a – or she's her contract with them is up. So, yeah, it was a good show. And we should just pause for a second. So, Shonda Rhimes, legend for things like Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Private Practice, How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah. Are those like – what? Are, but she also wrote a book called Year of the Yes a few years ago that was applauded for kind of her willingness to take risks. Yeah, and she's also been like a big backer of like women who like just like someone like Ellen Pompeo who's Meredith Grey on Grey's Anatomy. She was like, no, get paid what you are worth. Mm-hmm. You're part of this show. Like you are an executive producer, blah, blah, blah. So like, yeah, she's she's awesome. She's been very forthright too about being a working mother but having tons of help. She's like, no, no, I have two nannies. So like people ask me all the time, how do you do it all? And she's like, I'm not doing it all. I ask for help. And so that was kind of an interesting point that made me – like her writing even more. Yeah. Yeah. I love Shonda, but she's like, she had all those flagship shows for ABC. It was, what was it? Oh, TGIT, right? Thank God it's Thursday. That was the Mm -hmm. whole thing. But yeah, she's out. So yeah, I think it's just like, who's taking chances and where are they paying off? And this year, I think it really, really showed like different shows were coming up, like Fleabag. We discussed briefly. I love Fleabag. Prior to recording. Yeah. 
Yeah, the priest is like <laughs> the <laughs> it, most talked about character on Twitter this year. First of all, do you know who the actor is? Andrew Scott is his name, and I know he was also in Sherlock, mm-hmm. but played a very different character. Played Moriarty, who's like the enemy of Sherlock Holmes, and he's the most gregarious priest who the lead character Fleabag falls in love with or you know she has this like romantic inclination toward and then you watch it unfold over the course of six perfect episodes and yeah it was wonderful but her win meant that Julia Louis-Dreyfus lost and it was her last season of Veep which I also love and it also I mean it won I think it ended up coming away it won for writing it won best comedy series so it was like the whole takeover. But it's almost nice in a way. It was almost like a passing of the torch, mm-hmm. even though Fleabag is over. <laughs> Should we feel bad for Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Absolutely not. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is the most nominated actor, male or female, ever at the Emmys with 19 nominations. I think she has the most wins. She might be tied with Cloris Leachman from the Mary Tyler Moore show. But no, she's fine. She's going to be fine. She's an heiress who also makes – a bajillion dollars an episode. She's very happy in her life, I think. Um, now, she'll be okay. Big topic of conversation was that my girl from Killing Eve yes, won. Yes, Jodie Comer. Yeah, and she's pretty young. I was going to say, she's like 26. She's younger than both of us. She beat out her co star, Sandra O. Oh. Mm-hmm. From what I hear, I haven't watched Killing Eve. Oh, God, I have to it's confess. Beautiful. Yes, but from what I hear, they're both great, but that like she's more like people are more drawn to her. Presence, and right? to give you some background, she plays a serial killer. So for us as the audience to fall in love with a serial yeah. killer, you know, and she's like gruesome. They don't tiptoe around anything. She's committing horrible, <laughs> terribly gruesome crimes. Yeah. And part of it is the soundtrack and the coloration of all the graphics and everything. It's just so feminine as she's committing murder. Cool. <laughs> it goes right along with the like my favorite murder yeah. crew crime true crime trend that <laughs> <Crew> has <laughs> the crew time trend that has really encapsulated women across America over the last few years. Yeah. I liked her speech because I liked her Liverpudlian accent, mm-hmm. I have to say. Um, yeah, that was a big one. And I think, like, that was one of the things people were discussing a lot this year, though, was, like, every single category was stacked. And that's part of what I was saying is, like, it was kind of exciting because there would be categories come up and they would say, like, three people who are nominated. And my mom and I would be like, we want them. And then it would be the other two or three and we'd be like, but wait, <laughs> we want all of them to win. Um, and speaking of all of them, at one point, the Game of Thrones cast, the whole cast almost. Not Bran. Except for, for Bran. Right. It was like they everyone. all came out on stage together. Yeah. And there were some people like in the audience to like the actor who played Davos and the actor who played like Sam Tarly, which makes sense. But I didn't understand why Bran. Maybe he like, maybe he was feeling shy. Maybe he. Was he, he not nominated? Yeah. And that's what I actually ended up thinking. I looked at who was on stage and I think it was all the people who were nominated because Melis- Melisandre was up there and she was. So I think that was it. But um, that was kind of cool. Yeah. I thought it was cool. And they did that with Veep too. Right, right. It was actually interesting. One thing that I am almost certain happened is that in the acting categories outside of Best Supporting Actor, which Peter Dinklage won, but he's like, I mean, I think he's far and away the best actor on that show. He plays Tyrion. But otherwise, like no one else won. And I think that they all split votes because the young, oh God, what's her last name? Julia. She plays the young girl from Ozark, won for Best Supporting Actress. And people were really surprised by it. Um, not anyone who's seen it because she's like a brilliant genius. But 
my mom was like, they must have split all of the actresses from Game of Thrones. But I think Peter Dinklage was like such a consensus. Like he's so good. He's so he's so like the like anchor of the whole thing. Um, so that was interesting. Now I always mess this up because I'm not a huge Game of Thrones nerd, but Brienne of Tarth. Yes, she nominated herself. HBO well, said that. Well, she didn't nominate herself. Like what she, she submitted herself. <laughs> that would be cool if like one person well, could be like, I nominate me. All right, yes. give me the, the process. Basically, it's like what happens is the networks or the studio or whoever is responsible for the show, they are responsible for submitting an episode to the voting body, in this case, the Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences, like on behalf of an actor. So, right. So basically what happened is like, you know, Jamie and Cersei, like, they're like, yeah, we'll send this episode. He was great in this one. She was great in that. They didn't submit for her. So she submitted herself. She's like, wait a minute. I should be considered. <laughs> so she submitted herself. And then she did end up getting nominated, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to know what you thought of the fashion because you had just pulled up actually a picture of <laughs> yes. her. Dressed as the Pope. Yeah. Question mark. But she wasn't alone in that, right? You said there's a lot of commonality. So she dressed kind of like Jesus. Oh, yeah. Which I was see interesting. It. Yes. If you can't, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend looking it up. I kind of, I don't hate it. Gwendoline Christie, she has sort of like a very like Catholic looking draped. And that's Brianna of Tarth's that's real Tarth, name. Yes. But um, yeah, there was a big trend this year, which I noticed that crossed over, which was one was that people had on. This, like, red, bright red, and then, like, light pink combination, and I hated it. <laughs> and some people were like, I love it. You so know, it was Mandy Moore. It was Mandy Moore. Um, Marissa Tomei had it. Taraji P. Henson had it. And there was, like, two or three other people. It was, like, it was a huge. Magenta and blood orange. Almost, yeah. And but actually. It, it was just, like, in a way that I wasn't a fan of. You mean like this? Yeah, but I like that dress. Sarah has a dress that looks like it. It's definitely the color palette. It is, but it's also like... Kate 2018 collection. It's a smaller accent. Mm, And actually, I would argue that like that magenta is better. This was like more of like a pink pink. But um, yeah, it was like a huge thing. But anything that everybody is wearing is going to inherently be uncool. Like you wouldn't want to go to the prom and see someone else in your prom dress. Yeah. Definitely. One of the things that I also that poor Mandy Moore, she looked beautiful. Like her she looked gorgeous, but she had on the two trends that I didn't like, which was that color scheme. And then she also had like a weird arm situation where it was like it was off the shoulder, but like just like poofy still in a way that looked like pretty and pink to me. Like so I didn't love that. Nineties bridesmaid dress. Like eighties. Eighties like bridesmaid worse. dress. Like, yeah. Worse. There was some, there were a couple really cool trends, which was like interesting patterning. Kristen Bell had on an incredible dress. Who was it by? I love Kristen Bell's dress. Dior. It's a piece of art. Like it's like you, there's a picture of it laid on the bed. It looks like a painting. There are various stripes of different colors and lots of, and I think it had to be like, it was like a fixed on. It doesn't have a back. Anna Klumsky, who plays. Oh my gosh, what's Amy? <laughs> Who plays Amy on Veep had a dress with like again just like a really fun pattern. It was like green and pink. Is she also the girl from Fly Away Home? Or no, no, no. no wait she on. is the girl from My, my Girl. girl. Yes. yes. Yeah. And she had a dress on that I really loved that had a very cool pattern and it fit her beautifully. Her hair looked great. There was a couple other oh, Michelle Williams, she had a beautiful patterned dress. So I'm like very into that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really different for red carpets. 
speaking of Michelle Williams, yeah, her, speech her speech rocked. She she made a very clear, unambiguous, not just for like pay equality, but for like safe, respectful workplaces for women. And she she asked that like when a woman asks you for something that's necessary to do her job, kind of no matter what job it was, like please believe that she's being serious and like listen to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really thanked the people that she worked for and with on Fosse Verdon. She won for playing Gwen Verdon for like providing her with the tools that she needed to do her best work. And she won an Emmy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, this is proof. So that was really cool. Were there any mysterious surprises? <laughs> um, everyone was confused by, I think, Bandersnatch, The Black Mirror movie anyways but then also it won so people were extra confused by that the premise was that you (laughs) could pick your own adventure yeah it was like a choose choose your your own own adventure adventure. but i think that people are a little bit i think that even people who are like fans of black mirror at this point are like a little weary of just like like okay again like and so then i think this came out and everyone was like it wasn't as fun as i wanted it to be and it wasn't that great and then it ended up winning this prize i think for like being a gimmick, essentially. It's definitely outside the box. And right. I could see something like this, particularly with the growth of yes. VR. I could see something like this becoming huge. Right. I love to play. There's a Choose Your Own Adventure show on Netflix with Bear Grylls where you do that. But that's just like fun. really goofy and fun. Yeah. So that was a bit of a mystery. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Did you see the live peel today on Seltzer Times feed? I only saw the like preview of them recording. I didn't see the peel itself. Okay. I want to play it for you. I mean, there's this account. Yes. In Worcester. I mean, I assume it's Worcester based. It's called I Peel Oranges Very Well. It cracks me up. It is so clever. It's so funny. It's just a man peeling oranges in all kinds of inventive shapes. It has captured a region's imagination. Oh my God. Like... I work at Armsby Abbey, and now it's like I have everyone there hooked. Right. Well, and it must be somebody adjacent to our circle because they were friends with us early on and a lot of people we know, but nobody would tell us who it is. Right. And even like – so Ricky, speaking of Seltzer Mm -hmm. Time, our friend Ricky Nelson, co-host of Seltzer Time, um, I remember talking to him about it because I was like, Ricky must know. Mm -hmm. And he was like one of the first people I went to, and he (laughs) – in his way, was like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> We've all been talking about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but my favorite theory was floated by our friend Lauren, who's a, another mutual friend with Ricky as well. And she was like, we think that it's more than one person. And that's when I was like, oh, what? So you see the hands peeling oranges. Mm-hmm. It's a very sassy commentary. And great word choice, such word economy. Like whoever it is is a comedian. And so So I keep saying, yeah, who do I know that's (gasps) clever enough? And I'm – okay, at first I thought it was Sean Walsh um, who is on the powwow committee. He's the husband of Jessica Walsh who runs Worcester Wears and they have great stickers and everything. We have seen – a, a wedding band in like mm-hmm. at least one like I think it was a story. It's a white a video. man's hands yes. peeling the oranges. Yeah, and there is like a dark like a black or a dark gray wedding band mm-hmm. in at least one piece of footage. <laughs> but Sean Adam he has me convinced. He was like it wasn't me. So then uh-huh. I moved to another Sean. I thought maybe it was Sean Woods who's the bar manager of Shim Junk because he's constantly working with citrus fruit to That's make all true. his tiki he does drinks. Peel oranges well. But then they played this today. Mm. He's wearing an orange ski mask and glasses. You know, everything's orange, so you can't exactly see who it yeah. is. 
I want to see if anyone recognizes the voice. We are, we must know. <laughs> I mean, and it could also be a decoy, right? It could be Mike D'Angelo. No, it's not. <laughs> it's somebody with a smaller frame. I know. And that's the only reason I thought that was because of that picture that looked like Technicopia. The like. Ready, go. Wait, are you recording? Oh, yeah. It's, okay. it's going. Shit. So is it is it longest or is it quickest? Definitely not quickest. You don't want to. Kind of a higher pitch voice. This is the best thing that's ever happened. All right, so as we, I'll talk that way, like we don't give away who uh, you That's are. Ricky. I don't peel oranges very well. <laughs> you do not. All right, so for the podcast listeners, Travis is got his legs crossed. But wait, he's not wearing a wedding. No, and you know who is Travis Duda. Yeah, but Travis wears a silicone wedding ring. We would have seen, like, noticed the silicone. But I think that Travis might be the person who's helping hide the stickers. Uh, maybe, but I just don't think it's Travis's voice. No, it's definitely not it's like his not voice. his writer's voice. Yes, I would agree with that. I so do maybe think, it is more than one person. I do think that Travis is involved. Travis, I'm calling you out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think you're involved with this. All right. Well, we'll get to the bottom of it. <laughs> I guess before we launch into the March of Dimes event, we went to their kickoff event over the summer, and it was at the Worcester Country Club. Mm-hmm. Was this the first time you had been to the Worcester Country Club? I think it – yeah. <laughs> I went for a few different events or meetings this summer, but it was my first summer spending any time at the Worcester Country yeah, Club. Yeah, I had never been at all. And it's kind of antiquated in terms of recruitment of millennials, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive to join. And it's, it doesn't feel like a super inclusive space. I understand that's the point of a country club. It's right. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> but then I got to thinking, you know, we have, as millennials, created our own exclusive spaces. Like The Wing in Boston is like a beautiful co-working space geared toward women that's mm-hmm. very Instagrammable. And that's kind of like the 2019 country club. Mm-hmm. It just – it's interesting for me always to get inside of – exclusive spaces yeah i've never been to the worcester club which is another one yeah and i i that's like one of those places that i like into like our local version of club 33 which is like the famous disney well disney world and disneyland have i think it's actually just disneyland have this like restaurant that's very similar to the worcester club where like you have to be a member to join or someone has to invite you or to go in or Soho yeah. House or yeah. something. And I think it's like, right, I think it's like our version of Club 33. <laughs> uh, but they didn't allow women through the front door until like fairly recently. So there are definitely some things that are problematic about this country club living. But it was fun to be inside. Yeah, it was cool. I like it because I, I mean, every country club to me feels like I'm in Caddyshack. I was like, thinking Gossip Girl. Yeah. See, I think everything – it's so funny, though. Like, you think of it as, like, the higher end, and I'm like, everything is a joke. Like, <laughs> it's all Bushwood to me. The sentiment behind it was very nice. Yes. It was a lovely event. The speakers were really heartfelt. The event that they were getting us ready for is actually on Thursday. September 26th. And it'll be at Mechanics Hall from 6 to 8.30 p.m. They're honoring one of our most treasured guests, Senator Harriet Chandler. Yes, we love her. Mm-hmm. And the March of Dimes works toward healthy communities by leading the fight for the health of all moms and babies. Mm-hmm. March of Dimes is one of those organizations that I think a lot of people don't hear about until it like directly affects them or someone they know. It's like a name that you hear, but I think for a long time I was like, what is March of Dimes for? Like, I have no mm-hmm. idea. And I had a friend who had a premature daughter born and she has said like on multiple occasions that 
that her experience with March of Dimes like totally not necessarily like saved her daughter's life because that was the NICU, but like made their lives so much easier during the time that their daughter was in intensive care. We heard a story like that from Devin Kennard as well, who's the Mm -hmm. co-chair for the event. And he's a partner at Cedar Law. He was really open with us about his own experience. And then we spoke with Eleanor Hubra. Yes. Hubra. And she's heading up the recruitment of chefs. So let's run through the lineup real quick, see if we recognize anyone. Okay, so we have Pepper's Artful Events, Volturno, O'Connor's, Niche Hospitality, Lock 50, Reunion Tap and Table, The Bean Counter, Cyprian Keys, which is another country club that we did visit together. (laughs) Yes, we did visit Cyprian Keys. Cyprian Keys was very different. That place was like super chill though. Mm -hmm. Very low-key. Yeah. So 6 o'clock, Thursday night, tickets are $175 for a wonderful cause. I think if you're into the restaurant scene and philanthropy and moms, you'd be, it'd be right up your alley. Have you signed up for this year's Veterans Inc. Run for Veterans 5K on November 2nd? They're expecting more participants than ever before. The race starts at 10 a.m. on Franklin Street with an after party to follow at the Beer Garden. Um, when I was very small, my sister, um, Britton, who I was, I'm the oldest of, of five, but my sister Britton was born um, with two major holes in her heart. Huge. And she was born so premature that it was impossible. And they, um, the doctors, we were at NYU Langome in New York City, and the doctors made it pretty clear that they didn't think Britty was going was gonna to make it. <clears throat> And every, my mother at that time was an associate at a law firm, so was my dad, and they were running back and forth between New York and New Jersey in the hospital, and then Marcia Dimes was there every single day, every step of the way, to provide a change of clothes, deodorant, a toothbrush, um, support my family in anything they could possibly need while uh, my sister and their daughter, my parents' daughter, was in the ICU. And she was in the ICU for about a year. And she passed, um, but we will never forget the march and what they did for my family to be there every step of the way. Um, And when I was asked to get involved with this March of Dimes chapter a few years ago, uh, Megan and I had um, uh, just gotten pregnant uh, with our first and only child, who's beautiful, Henley. Um, And it took us a long time to have Henley. It was not an easy process for us. There was a lot of treatment and work, and a couple years went into it, and we said, you know what, anything we can do to help another family um, be successful in their childbirth process and to bring kids into this world um, is something we want to be a part of because it took us, I have a history with the organization and it took us so long to do it that why not support and help other families in their quest as well. And so that's really my connection to the March of Dimes. It is all about the babies. Steve Sykes, our our executive director, chairman here, he tells, he always says it in every email, it's all about the babies, and it really is. Everything we do is to fund the mission as far as uh, taking care of low to middle class women in the area in particular who um, you know, are, are sort of a targeted audience for us as far as the high infant mortality rates. Um, and there's a, you know, it just so happens in, in Worcester in particular, that's an area that um, needs our help. And, you know, with the NICU here at UMass in Worcester being literally one of the best in the country, it works well for us to support uh, the NICU at UMass and have the March of Dimes being a, um, 
you know, one of our one of their big benefactors. Um, so it just works out well. And plus, it's a, it's a great board for us to be on because it it really is everything we do, every penny truly goes back to funding the mission, to helping families in need. Our host family tonight, obviously the augers, um, but but every penny we we, we, we raise will support a family and will bring a child into this world, healthy, living child who's going to be successful in life. And that's the most important to me in my own life. As far as our, our, our event in September goes, it's another opportunity for us to honor our wonderful host family who's here tonight. Um, introduce, uh, well, have our honoree speak. And Harriet Chandler is no slouch of an honoree, let me tell you. As I don't think I need to explain, but she has, she has done so much work for the Commonwealth and, and, and healthcare in general, but for um, families for decades. Uh, she has been just a non-stop supporter of not only the March of Dimes, but a number of other organizations uh, in the city and throughout the Commonwealth uh, that support families in need and bringing children into this world. And we are so blessed to have her. Um, and my firm, of course, has a tie, you know, uh, with, with, with her husband, Bert Chandler, being one of our names, um, our name partners. But I, I can tell you that the September event, this is more of an event where we, we welcome uh, our donors, we introduce our host family, uh, we welcome uh, prospective donors and, and guests, um, sort of as a thank you. And hey, meet our, meet our honoree, meet our host family. Um, thank you so much for your support. You know, this is almost, uh, Megan and I do this because we just feel like every other board in the city and every other organization, they all have a big annual meeting and some gala of some kind, but nobody does, nobody does anything in the interim to say thank you. And I will say this, none of this is even remotely possible. And I would be lost without my wife, Megan Kennard, who is my rock, um, an amazing mother, an amazing marketing director to the firm, and is incredibly organized when it comes to putting events together, but also her own passion for this particular board. She literally goes out of her way, above and beyond, to make sure everything's perfect all the time. So she brought us in, so we're like thankful for her. Isn't she great? Isn't she great? Well, and we are so thrilled to have you. Thank you so much for your support. Have you signed up for this year's Veterans Inc. Run for Veterans 5K on November 2nd? They're expecting more participants than ever before. The race starts at 10 a.m. on Franklin Street with an after party to follow at the Beer Garden. We hope you'll join us to see if you can outpace the Poppet Girls in a 5K.